One world, one voice. Fusion Radio, making the internet great again. One down download. download at a time. MyFusionRadio.com Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Bruh. Let's talk about it. This episode is brought to us in part by V Plus Energy Drink. Naturally powerful and real nutrition, as well as rumors in Jonesboro. Thank you very much to our sponsors. So we're going to jump back into things. Welcome back our guest, Dr. Mike Saratoff, as well as Chief Zach Bakkins. Thank you both for being here as well. Fletcher, yeah, so, so we want to jump into a um, another serious topic that's affecting our communities, right? I mean, we hear a lot about um, uninsured or, or, or um, individuals that are underinsured, and we've been hearing a lot about um, Medicaid uh, retermination. Uh, can, can you speak a little bit about that and how that's affecting our, our men and our communities? So one thing I'd like to... Um, cascade on is um, the healthcare.gov website as basically an extrapolation of the existing Medicaid system. So it, it's, it's properly known as Obamacare <laughs> and really b before my current position I, I had my insurance off of the healthcare.gov um, exchange and you know there's no, there's no doubt that the American medical system is an imperfect system. Right. And, and this is not unique to us as a country. You know, countries across the world are really trying to figure out the ideal system. And, it, you know, Br Britain's struggling with their single-payer national health care system. Sa same thing with Portugal. So I, I don't think that there's, you know, we don't have the answer quite yet. Mm -hmm. but, but what we do have is anyone can hop on the exchange, the healthcare.gov exchange, and purchase reasonably priced insurance uh, as part of the Medicaid expansion. And one thing I do want to sort of tack on is that the healthcare.gov website actually has uh, counselors and assistants to really help individuals, you know, navigate what plan is best for them and what financial um, assistance they, they may be entitled to. So I, I recognize that our system is imperfect and that insurance is expensive. and. Mm -hmm. On, on a personal level, I, I, I think healthcare should be a right, not a privilege. And I, I agree. I, yes. and I, I agree. <laughs> I know that that's way beyond the scope of this podcast, exactly. but the, but uh, but it's uh, worth discussing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Was that helpful for your question? Oh, absolutely, Fletcher? absolutely. Yeah. Um, we we've also been in contact with a group, uh, Georgia Stand Up, uh, which will be another resource that uh, our listeners can use. Uh, we're looking at bringing them on to one of our episodes uh, in the near future. And, and really quick, to speak to the, the Medicaid redetermination, is a lot of that is, is post-COVID driven. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people were um, who applied were given, in, in given Medicare Medicaid throughout COVID. And part of the redetermination process is they're now going back and reevaluating the qualifications of who's, who's currently still qualified or not to clean, clean that up some. So, um, that is something that's happening there. And like I said, this, the social determinants is such a driving factor of overall health care. And, and the, what we have identified is that roughly 80% of someone's uh, holistic lifestyle is related to their social determinants of health, and then 20% is clinical. The problem is if you don't address the 80%, it will bleed into the clinical. Mm -hmm. If you don't have access to food, if you don't have access to health care, 
you're, you're going to become overweight. You're going to be you're going to be eating things that are cheaper. Right. You're going to be you're going to be diagnosed with hypertension, and therefore, it now all starts to bleed in, and that now twenty turns into thirty, and we're and we're it's a balancing act. So, housing is definitely one. If you mm -hmm. don't have accessible housing, if mm -hmm. if you don't have access to transportation to get to get your medications. Those are all problems that we have to deal with. Right. Exactly. I'm glad you mentioned the social determinants to health because that is something that we've been addressing on our podcast. Mm -hmm. um, because like you said, you know, housing, um, income, you know, these depression, you know, other things, Correct. other factors that may cause a person not to be able to have employment which will give them that insurance. Right. Um, and what we also know, um, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm also a registered nurse, but you know, um, in the background of emergency medicine, what we've seen is, and I know Dr. Saratov can agree, is that in the ER, we see individuals who are replacing primary care for the ER. All day long. Yeah, and, and it's not because this is what they want to, because they'll get faster service, because we know the average <laughs> emergency room wait right. time is not fast at all, about eight to 10 hours, but it's because they don't have a primary care right. physician. So that's something that, you know, like Fletcher talked about. The, what's the name of the group again, Fletcher? Georgia Stand Up. Georgia Stand Up. Um, we are going to have another conversation with them to see what they can do to help individuals who need to go through this Medicaid redetermination right. process and to see if there's individuals who may not know about the Affordable Care Act. I do appreciate you bringing that out um, as well, Dr. Saratov, because some individuals don't know about healthcare.gov. It's been around for a while, but unfortunately, that's why we're here. That's the purpose of this podcast, to give that information to those who wouldn't normally turn on the television and watch a commercial or, you know, go to the doctor and get a pamphlet on, you know, this particular program that helps them get insurance. So and they may not have internet to, to access the website at home. So where do they Absolutely. go to do that? Exactly. And who can walk them through that process? So, mm -hmm. so and one, one of the things I also highlight, Deidre, that you brought up, how people are replacing emergency rooms with primary care. People also, when we think about social determinants of health, people are replacing emergency rooms with shelter care. Um, so with food pantries, with all of these other things that we know are very important to a person's health, uh, people are coming to the ER to get those resources that otherwise and maybe even historically were in the community, but they're not anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I also have an ER background in behavioral health, and we would have patients that would come just to eat, and everybody knew exactly who these people were. Um, we would have patients that would come to have a place to sleep for the night, and those things really clog up um, our ERs, exactly. which I think segues into <laughs> what you were going to talk about next. Yes, so um, let's talk about what we can do to prevent that from occurring. Are there any initiatives that you may be aware of, um, Dr. Bakens, that will assist in decreasing these ER visits? So I would love to take the opportunity. I'm sorry, to Chief Bakken. I, 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 I took the field promotion well, didn't I? Um, no, but I, I would definitely like to to speak to some some programming that the fire department has taken on that is very untraditional for the fire service. And um, I, I would be remiss if I did not give kudos to our previous fire chief, Landry Murkison, and the board of commissioners for the unanimous support and uh, the continued support we have through our current uh, our current fire chief, who is who's been a, a huge proponent of our program. So uh, we call it the 4C program. It stands for Clayton County Community Cares. And what we do is we take our nurse practitioner and paramedic teams out into the field. 
um, to those individuals who we have identified through data have been higher utilizers of 911 than some others. And then we also allow our crews who go out who may identify that a patient has a need that are able to refer to our team. And then we go out and make, make contact with them and, and we build relationships and trust. Um, what we're able to do through that program is through a benefits coordinator, a care coordinator, the nurse practitioner is to figure out the opportunities to plug them in and through whether it be through partnering with uh, Southside Medical, with GenCare, with um, a few others in the community that have been a great asset to the team is what we have found is that if someone doesn't have insurance, it may just be that they need a primary doctor to right. now prescribe or refer. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll give you a case in point. If you have somebody who is, is, is needing dialysis but doesn't have a doctor, there's not a way of reimbursement to get them to a dialysis center mm -hmm. if they don't have access. So one of the things that we have found is partnering with physicians is, look, first visit, let's get them prescribed and diagnosed with, with kidney failure if that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Once they're prescribed with that, with dialysis, the magic starts happening. They start qualifying for all of these benefits. So now we get reimbursement for rides for the, oh, the private ambulance service oh, to now wonderful. take them. Mm -hmm. And all of the, all those check boxes start being checked just because there's one physician who's able to diagnose and prescribe something. So our team has been, uh, we've been managing about 130 patients up to this point. Wow, that's um, phenomenal. We, we are confident that we've probably pulled three to 4,000 calls out of the 911 system just by helping to manage this small group of people address their social determinants. And so very little of it is clinical. It's all about the others. It's access to food, access to clothing, housing, transportation, assisting with SNAP benefits, assisting with Medicare, Medicaid, or healthcare.gov enrollment. All of those things play such a huge role, but more importantly, you're giving these people a life back. You're, they're becoming more, more involved with their own healthcare. Exactly. They, they now take ownership in mm -hmm. themselves because we've given them that road path to do that. Um, and I just could not be more excited for my team and for our organization, and more importantly for the community and how well it's, it's going. It is exciting. Uh, we're only six months in, so we're, we're in our infancy stages learning each turn we take. We, okay. we, we've got hurdles, but we, we jump them and uh, we bob and weave as we go. But um, we're excited about where we're going um, and we, we, are, we are making an impact. Um, and we continuously look for other opportunities. There, there's initiatives and, and, and programming out there that, that we, we are thinking outside the box. And we, we have kind of our internal messaging is, is the box of which Fire EMS operates, we're, we're actually having to even reimagine what that box looks like. And we're not only outside the box, but the box has shifted and it's we're not just the Fire and EMS anymore. We're, we're so much more than that. And when you look from a public health perspective, the role we played throughout COVID and what we continue to play, the demand, we have to we have to adapt to the demands in the community and we are doing that. So excellent. Appreciate That's that. That's wonderful. Thank that you for is. what you and your team are doing. Yes, sir. Definitely. Yay. People are clapping in the studio. <laughs> 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 Definitely. Dr. Saratov, are you aware of any initiatives that kind of slow down the rate of individuals coming into the ACC or Advanced Care Center? <laughs> well, just but before I get to that, I, I did want to uh, piggyback on Chief Botkin, especially regarding medical conditions like end-stage renal disease that require dialysis mm -hmm. and, and being pregnant, there, there are conditions which here in the United States will automatically qualify you for Medicare or Medicaid insurance. Uh, if you are dialysis dependent, you are automatically Medicare qualified. If you are pregnant in Georgia, you automatically qualify for, for quote-unquote preg pregnancy Medicaid. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. state. So, yeah. you, know, there, you know, certain medical conditions automatically qualify for insurance, mm -hmm. uh, so I just wanted our... Um, I want our listeners to be aware of that. That's great information. Yeah, yeah people um, may not be aware of that. And you're absolutely right. There are those automatic. 
one thing though is for you know individuals who are not citizens though i know right. that that poses an issue but you know if we can get the message out and say just a few individuals to let them know hey you have this issue you're eligible now we can get the ball rolling so thank you yeah, appreciate that all righty so next we'll just go ahead and roll right along mm -hmm. <laughs> um so dr saratov i know that there was some studies that you wanted to bring to our attention um which we definitely appreciate we you know we've been talking about some of the common diseases and illnesses and you know comorbidities but there's something that you um you and i discussed which you know i think everyone can benefit from well uh thanks for the introduction for this topic i really appreciate it and this is going to highlight uh, my previous ailment in, in that I'm very, very guilty as charged. And I, I think this reflects us as a society and our uh, electronic interconnectedness and dependence. And really, I'm talking about screen time. Oh, no. And, and I think, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh -oh. I, I, I really think that, we, you know, we underestimate the effects that uh, excess screen time has on us and our bodies and our psyche. And certainly this is a digital world, and with the advent of AI, we're gonna be in front of computers even more. Mm -hmm. And many of us have to be in front of our computers every day for work, you right. know, seven, eight, nine, 10 hours exactly. a day. And then you kind of go home and look, I, I'm on Insta more than I should be, you know, <laughs> I, I won't lie. Mm -hmm. And really what I'm seeing is excess screen time is causing a number of physical ailments in my patients. Uh, headache, neck pain, back pain, joint pain, dizziness, uh, blurry vision. And really, it's, I, I think it's pretty intuitive to any of us because right, if we're looking at our screen, we're all in that particular position, head down, shoulders hunched, you know, hand, hands akimbo. And really, like we as humans, we're not designed to be in front of an electronic screen for prolonged periods of time. Right. So, so true. you know, w what I do and you know, what I tell my patients is programming a break. So on your, on your cell phone, you know, give yourself a limit, you know, two hours a day or 90 minutes a day, just, and that'll give you enough time for like text messages, snap, Insta email, mm -hmm. and, and like the random update. Mm -hmm. And e even for my patients who are at computers at work, like I will give them a work excuse that says they get that 10 minute break for every 90 minutes to two hours working in front of the computer. I'll and need that excuse. Just but, pass those all around. So. Exactly. But, but really, I, I think mm -hmm. there's tremendous merit in just unplugging, detaching, so like going for a 10 minute walk. And you know, th this is especially in the context, context of headache, neck pain, mm -hmm. blurry vision or dizziness, which uh, Chief Bakken, I, I can't speak to your experience, but I feel like I'm seeing a lot more headache, neck pain, and dizziness mm -hmm. in the past couple years. And, oh, it's, yeah. is, and dizziness is one of these things. Is, is, is it nothing? Is it a stroke? Is it an inner ear thing? It's right. uh, one of these complaints that's very, very hard to tease out. And I think that we can really do a it's tremendous... Right. It yeah. is subjective. Mm -hmm. But really, we can do a tremendous uh, service to ourselves by just unplugging a little bit and just minimizing our screen time. So I just really wanted to highlight that to our listeners. I appreciate and, that. And you're I so think right. one of the things that I know that I've started trying to practice, <laughs> not saying that I'm perfect at it, but uh, it's not immediately waking up and looking at my phone. And it's so hard to do, but when I'm intentional about doing that, I notice that I ease into my day more. So I'm not waking up immediately stressed out about all of the things that I have to do or the text messages that I missed or the emails or alerts that I may have gotten while I'm asleep. But being more intentional about laying in bed, really getting up and getting myself up before mm -hmm. I even look at my phone. And I definitely notice 
Um, the difference when I do that, to go to your point about screen time, and another thing is not falling asleep on my phone. Right. So being intentional about, okay, now phone time is over, and I'm going to naturally allow myself to fall asleep and not fall asleep like researching the something phone, or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> texting someone or on the phone. Yeah. I think that's so fantastic, Antoine, just ma making it a habit and just... Just not perfect, it. but <laughs> making an effort. Yeah, but, but there's yeah. so, I think there's so much value add, so that, mm -hmm. that is like a great example in action. I appreciate that. I'm going to try to try my best to <laughs> heed some of those suggestions. <laughs> but I agree that, um, you know, you do see, especially, you know, the, the neck pain, right? Because the posturing. Mm -hmm. while you're on the phone mm -hmm. and even I mean we get down and dirty on this show even sitting on the toilet like you technically shouldn't be sitting on the toilet on your phone because now you can cause even more issues right because <laughs> you're just there and you're straining and yeah. Topic if for you're done day. you're done <laughs> it's time to get up yeah. <laughs> so thank you I appreciate that yeah, bringing absolutely. that to our listeners attention so Chief Bakken if you'll go ahead and close us All out right. Um, I would just like to close out with, with saying that some of the, the options for benefits could be just through having a great job. Um, and, and speaking on that is, is if you're looking for an alternative, um, the fire department's always looking for some of the best, right? And um, speaking of that aspect is we have great benefits. And working for a county government, working for an employer like like uh, like Kaiser, they offer great benefits. So if you're finding yourself in a position where you, you're just not getting what you need, the sky's the limit. Uh, you, you, you don't be afraid to open a door. And so um, I would encourage anybody who's looking for a change, anybody who's looking for some excitement, um, ccfes.org is is a great place to start looking, and we will get you in shape. Uh, we'll take care <laughs> of some of those those healthcare issues. I, yeah. I can assure you that we'll get you some lose some weight and through our recruit program, but um, we're always we're, we're open and and we look for for great folks to want to come in and like I said benefits through employers are some of the best ones out there and you won't have to dig through healthcare.gov is let your employer fund it. This is true. Um, and so that's what I'll close with. Again, I appreciate it. Thank Men's you. health is the one topic I didn't get to talk about too much was mental health and that's mm -hmm. that's something for another day. But it is, in my opinion, one of our one of the biggest issues uh, involving men's health care today on top of the other things it's just an hour is not long enough so maybe another day and we have a whole segment uh, oh so perfect keep, so stay tuned <laughs> all right stay tuned stay tuned but thank you again for having we'll me we'll be talking about that thank you yep. we appreciate you all being here thank you again thank dr sarato this has been great discussions i hope that everyone was able to grab a few little nuggets from our discussions tune in in two more weeks i believe yes. two yes. more yes. weeks we'll be talking about mental health and we'll have another chief on, which is Chief Roberts, because when we talk about social determinants to health, if someone's ducking bullets, mm. they're not concerned about what's going on with their diabetes, hypertension, yeah. and others. So stay tuned. And again, we appreciate you oh, all. Thank you guys very much. Thank, thank you for having us. All righty. Bro, let's talk about it. Let's Bro. talk about let's it. Let's talk about it. Fusion Radio, <laughs> live and digital 24-7 at myfusionradio.com. One world, one voice.
Slice of Cake by D, where passion meets perfection. Owner and baker Deidre Wheeler is a registered nurse and certified baker that believes everyone should be able to enjoy the indulgence of cakes, cupcakes, and pies. Whether you have dietary restrictions or just want to treat yourself to something extraordinary, she's got you covered. She has crafted a tantalizing selection of gluten-free and diabetic-friendly options that taste just as delicious as her classic recipes. From luscious red velvet cake to zesty lemon and raspberry cupcakes. Slice of Cake by D offers an extensive array of flavors that will make your taste buds dance with joy. Order online at sliceofcakeby.d at gmail.com and follow on Facebook and Instagram at Slice of Cake by D. Slice of Cake by D, where every bite is a celebration. Slice of Cake. <laughs> 